Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My name is Jenna, and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and get started again. So for those of you listening, Samantha and I have had some technical difficulties. We are working through them. (laughs) Um, And I am really excited to jump into it because I've learned that she is also a licensed professional counselor or was. um, So I'm just really interested and curious to hear her perspective. So Samantha, if you don't mind, again, and hopefully for the final time, (laughs) giving us some basic background information about your family. Yes, I have a daughter who is 17 months old, um, and I stay home with her and have since she was born. And then my husband is working full time. Um, And yes, I was a licensed professional counselor prior to having my daughter. And I worked mostly with children who have anxiety and then also their parents, um, just like talking about implementing strategies to help their child cope. Awesome. So yeah, I definitely feel like there are some parallels to our story. So I'm curious just how your general adjustment to motherhood was. Um, It was difficult. I um, was on bed rest for most, actually, pretty much my entire pregnancy. So I was off work that entire time. Um, And I struggled a lot, like adjusting to one, being out of bed and two, just having a newborn. Um, I've had anxiety my entire life. So I had a pretty bad case of postpartum anxiety um, that I didn't really, you would think that as a counselor, I could recognize it as postpartum anxiety, but I didn't really recognize it as anything different than um, the normal anxiety I always have. Um, But I really struggled with Uh, being able to leave my daughter with anyone, even my husband, um, and just leaving the house at all. Um, And I guess just like re-entering friendships and things, I'd kind of become isolated while on bed rest. So it was just a huge transition that I would say took me, it took me probably until my daughter was about nine months before I really felt like I kind of had a grasp on everything. I mean, with motherhood, I guess every day, I never fully feel like I have a grasp, but um, it was, it was a pretty tough transition and breastfeeding was extremely difficult. Um, My daughter had issues breastfeeding and then I also had issues with pain and um, just a lot of different things. So it was more difficult, I guess, than I had anticipated, um, but also I mean, really enjoyable. And I obviously really enjoy being around my daughter. I mean, just what was it like for you being a therapist, having this background in anxiety and experiencing that with your daughter? Do you feel like that helped you or do you feel like it hurt you in some ways? Um, 
so it's that's difficult just because I've so I wasn't formally um, diagnosed with generalized anxiety until I was 18. But now looking back, I know that I've had it my entire life and dealt with it since I was a kid. Um, and I, I've worked with people before, like mothers who have had postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And I think, I guess I had an idea in my head of what postpartum anxiety looked like based on the people that I had worked with. And my postpartum anxiety looked very different from that. So it made it difficult for me to recognize, I guess, like I had friends even who were going through it and their anxiety manifested more in like struggling to be around their baby for long periods of time. Um, and like not feeling like they knew the right things to do, which I had too, but it was more so of like worrying if my daughter was breathing during the night and, um, you know, worrying about if I left her, if whoever she was with would know the right things to do and worrying about her health. And I mean, pretty much just everything. So I think I knew, like, I know in my head the things to do to help calm anxiety, but this was just like on a whole nother level for me. Well, I've never had a child to worry about before. So it was just a new level of anxiety that I think, it took me a little while to recognize that that's what it was. Um, and I guess it, you would think that my training as a counselor would be more helpful than what I felt like it was when it came to me personally, like implementing the things that I know to use with clients. Mm-hmm. It's always so much harder for us to take our own advice, right? Yes, definitely. Um, especially when a child is involved. So when we feel that rapid increase in responsibility of now having to take care of a child that's ours, I don't know if you felt this way, but I kind of felt like screw all those tools and techniques that I teach everybody else about. Like this feels really real right now. And I have to go with my gut. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so in a way that made me feel almost like kind of an imposter as a therapist, like I'm not using the skills that I know should be helpful. Um, So did you experience any of that at all? Just like reimagining kind of what it would be like to return to work? I know that you're a stay-at-home mom now, Mm -hmm. but did that ever cross your mind? Yeah, I definitely, I had planned on actually going back to work um, around March of this year. And then with COVID, things changed. Um, So I ended up not going back at that time. But I had actually a lot of anxiety about going back to work and thinking about like, how will how will things look different for me and feel different for me now knowing that I am a parent myself and I've had, you know, issues with my own anxiety. And I I did definitely think about that a lot. Like, will I still feel competent in doing my job? Because I feel like there are, like you mentioned a lot of times when I would say to myself, okay, you know what you should be doing, but I don't feel like that will work right now. And I would just Mm -hmm. choose not to do it just because I was kind of really caught up in the moment um, of what was going on. So yes, if I I do plan at some point to return to work and I definitely have anxiety about that, just about how different that will look now being a parent myself, working with other parents. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what it's like having your anxious experiences and having to be the one who's primarily home with your child a lot. I know that's something that a lot of women struggle with. Yeah, for sure. Um, my husband is like the, the opposite of an anxious personality. He rarely experiences any anxiety about anything. So it's really difficult for him to like relate and understand my anxiety. And I think it frustrates him. He tries to understand, but I know it's difficult. And when it comes to our daughter, 
I mean, just because I'm the one who's with her basically 24 seven, I would, I mean, she had a couple of health issues in the beginning and I would see things. So that led to me like being hyper vigilant about like, Oh, I wonder if this is abnormal or I wonder if she's meeting this milestone correctly. And my husband would just kind of be like, just why is that something that you need to be worrying about right now? Like just relax. And that doesn't help me like when you Mm -hmm. just tell me to relax. So I think it's been difficult, even just feeling like I've almost lost like my sense of my own identity too. And just transferring kind of all my own anxieties about myself into having anxiety about my daughter, which is, I mean, sounds like it might be a relief in some aspects, but it's been difficult just also feeling like I struggle still to get away because there's the constant pull of I would love to have a break and also I don't want to leave her and I'm anxious about leaving her so it's just kind of like a constant back and forth of yeah a lose-lose situation you want that break which we all do right um but you're the whole time if you were to get a break you would probably just be distraught with anxiety and not actually feel like it was a break. Right. So it's like, which is the worst of the two evils right there? Right. So you talked to me also just with your experiences in attempting to get pregnant before you actually had your daughter. Do you mind going into depth about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, my first pregnancy, we got pregnant really quickly and I was, because I'm anxious, anxious from the beginning and um, things started kind of abnormally, um, where I was just being monitored more closely. And I guess I had kind of decided like from the beginning that things just weren't going to go well. Um, even though my OB had told me that things were looking okay, but I just had this feeling that things were not okay. Um, and then that pregnancy ended up ending in a miscarriage at 11 weeks. And then I had a DNC after that. Um, and it ended up, we did testing and it ended up being a genetic abnormality, but with my anxiety that was just like not enough for me. I needed to find a reason and I needed to find, you know, anything that I could do to make sure that that didn't happen again, even though I know that that's not a possibility. Um, but so went through a lot of testing. It was a lot of anxiety. Um, and then, I mean, I guess I was just kind of in this mindset of like, I need to be pregnant. Um, and it kind of became like a, a thing that I needed. I felt like I needed badly to do, Um, And I was like still working at that time, struggling with some depression after the miscarriage, definite anxiety. Um, There were also a lot of people around me at the time who were pregnant. So it was just a constant daily reminder. And I really struggled with that afterwards Um, and then ended up getting pregnant with my daughter. I think it was like roughly four and a half to five months after my miscarriage. And I mean, I remember the day that I told my husband, like I got a positive pregnancy test and I was just crying and it wasn't happy crying. It was, I was terrified. It was Um, like buckle up where there's going to be just a lot of negative emotions and worry. And yeah. Right. And I just, I mean, I I felt like at that point, like I said to him, like, I don't feel ready, but I, it was also like, I really obviously want this baby, but was terrified. Um, And then the next day after that positive pregnancy test, I had started having some spotting. So for me, that was just like, okay, I'm having a miscarriage again and just kind of started to emotionally detach like at that point from the pregnancy. Um, but ended up going on to have really heavy bleeding when I was eight weeks pregnant. Um, and was very convinced at that point that I was miscarrying. 
went in for an ultrasound and they said there was still a heartbeat, but I had a really large subchorionic hematoma. Um, and actually my OB said it was the largest one she had ever seen and that it could go like 50, 50, either way, either way I would miscarry or, you know, I would progress into pregnancy and it would be okay. Um, so not a lot of reassurance, obviously I know she couldn't give me reassurance, but for me that just caused my anxiety to spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, that, at that point is when I went on bed rest and then had heavy bleeding until I was about 17 weeks pregnant. So, and with that, just a lot of doctor's appointments, ultrasounds, and was really kind of detached from the whole experience of pregnancy at that point. Um, and then ended up going on to have like preterm labor symptoms and contractions that started at 20 weeks and then developed preeclampsia at 33 weeks and was eventually induced at 37 weeks exactly because my preeclampsia got so severe. So I had several kind of different issues going on. I was on bed rest this entire time. Um, but the way that I kind of, I guess the way that I dealt with my anxiety during the pregnancy was to just kind of like not try to attach to the baby. Like my husband Mm -hmm. and I, we didn't really talk about like bringing a baby home because I was convinced I wouldn't. Um, I didn't really see anyone when I was on bed rest. I mean, I saw my mom and that was probably it other than my husband. So, I mean, my anxiety, like thinking back, it was, I mean, I really, how I coped was just trying to like zone into TV shows like Netflix and Hulu series, just kind of going through that and trying not to think basically because Mm -hmm. it was a day-to-day process. Let's make it to another day. Um, So that, I mean, overall, yeah, that was pretty difficult. And then I guess like labor and delivery part of it, that was like the least traumatic part of my whole pregnancy for me, because it was just such a relief to me that my daughter was here. And it was just kind of, I was in kind of disbelief at that moment that I, that she actually was here and she Mm -hmm. was okay. Yeah. There's probably nine months of just like this release of like, oh my gosh. So she actually is here. That's crazy. Right. So what was it like just, I mean, you were probably just experiencing so much. You were just off of the, you were zoning out, like you said, and now you're in mom mode. So what was that immediate transition like for you, like in the hospital, the first couple of weeks when you were at home with the newborn? Um, It was, it was really more difficult than I guess I expected it to be. So everyone around me, like family and friends, um, just, I mean, rightfully so, but kind of expected that I was just going to like make this shift to being completely okay now that my daughter was here and just kind of expected me to like mentally be okay physically just you know just like okay she's here now everything's great Mm -hmm. and I was really struggling mentally just like one I mean going from literally being in a bedroom basically by myself for a seven month period to now like being around other people a lot like people wanting to see the baby and friends wanting to come around and going to stores and things like that again. And just kind of like on top of that, also adjusting to learning how to have a newborn and breastfeeding and everything like that. Right. And then I stimulation. Right. And then I did realize shortly after I had her that I did have a lot of like physical issues from being in a bed for so long. Um, So I really struggled with a lot of like physical pain, like hip pain, back pain, joint pain. Um, So I was kind of just dealing with all of that at the same time. And I felt like, I guess I felt like because everyone around me was saying like, Oh, she's here. You must be so excited. Like you should, you must be so relieved and so happy, which I was, but it was almost like, I felt like I couldn't 
share how much I was really struggling because Mm -hmm. everyone around me kind of made me feel like I shouldn't be. So that was really tough. And it actually took several months for me to just finally like break down to my husband and say, you know, I'm really like, I'm really, really struggling here that I'm just trying to keep everything together. Um, and just like figure out how to breastfeed, figure out how to have a newborn and be on my own and adjust to the fact that I'm, you know, not probably going back to work for a little while and just kind of struggling with all of that. So that's actually when I started seeing a therapist um, and I've seen a therapist in the past for anxiety, but started seeing a therapist again, um, which I now looking back probably should have been doing my entire pregnancy, but um, that ended up being really helpful and just being able to like sort through my emotions and my feelings about just the pregnancy and the trauma I had regarding that. And then just my daughter being here now. Yeah. It feels like you were like robbed of your own emotional release, right? Like the focus with moms generally is always on the baby, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. now more than ever, maybe we're considering the concepts of like mothering the mother and asking how the mom is doing. But especially in your case, I feel like you really needed that. And like you said, I can totally imagine just visitors coming and focusing on the baby and thinking, well, you have no worries now. Like she's here. You don't have anything to worry about. And meanwhile, you're, you've had, you've gone through this really traumatic experience you're having to kind of reintegrate not only into motherhood, which is already very, very difficult, but also reintegrate into society, like just reorganize all of your roles and values all over again. That had to have been really, really hard. Yeah, it was definitely a huge adjustment. I kind of was able to eventually describe it to my husband as like, I feel like my life was kind of on pause and everybody just kept moving. And so then when I was off bed rest, it was like, I was trying to catch up like to all the things that had happened, you know, even just like how stores had changed in the seven months that I hadn't been out in the world doing anything. And you know, how things had changed in friends lives and they'd been together and caught up in everything. And I just felt like I was like drowning and being able to catch up with people and life in general. And I mean, just adjusting. So, and yeah, I remember even like my six week postpartum appointment, like there was no, and really, I mean, it was like a quick question of like, are you feeling depressed? Yes or no. And then it was just like a, okay, physically, let's just give you the all clear for exercise and you're good to go. And mm-hmm. I wasn't it's really, comfortable. it's so, it is. so yeah, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, especially because it can be so challenging. Like you said, this, this idea of like, you can have two emotions at once. So you were saying like, yes, I was grateful for having my daughter. And I also felt all these other negative emotions too, but it was hard for you to accept that other negative side because everyone else just felt so great. You need to be grateful. You need to be grateful. Um, Right. And I'm sure, I mean, in your experience, what was that like just hearing all of the, well, didn't you, don't you, aren't you so grateful that you're pregnant? Aren't you just so grateful that you have her? What did that all do to you? It was, it really did make it hard for me to feel like I could even express like when I wasn't feeling super happy or if I was feeling really anxious. I mean, everyone who knows me knows I'm an anxious person. I mean, it's not a secret to people who are close to me, but I think just the, the amount of times that I heard, Oh, you know, you must be so glad this is all over. Like this nightmare is all over. And it was like, I felt like, okay, why am I not snapping out of it? Like, why am I, I was having nightmares like about 
I mean, forgetting that she was actually here having nightmares that I was still pregnant and nightmares even after I had my daughter of getting pregnant again and going through the same thing again. And Mm -hmm. also then people almost immediately started asking like, oh, do you guys want another? Which was actually really traumatic for me because I'm, I'm still not mentally in a place where I'm even able to like process or think about that fully just because of what I've, what I went through to have my daughter. So I think it took a while for me to get to the place where I realized that it's okay to be grateful and you can feel grateful, but it's also okay to be anxious and to be scared and upset or depressed or all of those things. And you can feel those things simultaneously. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you necessarily, that it's normal. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, th- I, I like to say that emotions don't have to compete with each other. Like one right. doesn't have to be bigger than the other. One doesn't have to be more important than the other. Um, so I definitely feel you with that. So I'm curious when she finally was here dealing with everything that you needed to deal with already, what was it like bonding with her? Like what did that come easily for you? Probably not. Um, just talk about that a little bit more. I was actually really nervous about that. I was really terrified that when she got here that I wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't know how to bond with her. I wouldn't feel attached to her. Um, and that part of it actually came easier than I thought it would. I, it was like from the moment she was born, I instantly was just, I mean, obviously all mothers like know what that feeling is of needing their baby for the first time, but it was just really easy for me to like, want to be around her and be near her. Um, and to want to just kind of like provide and I guess the way that I felt like I should, or I could. Um, so my anxiety didn't like take away in that aspect. And I actually felt like I didn't really experience like the postpartum depression side of things, which I was really nervous about, um, and was expecting almost. And I didn't really have that side of things. I think maybe I was just so happy to be out of bed, like to be able to move. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I, I would say I more so struggled and I know a lot of moms struggle with this too, like with my feelings towards my husband, And just kind of feeling like, because we were so emotionally detached and I actually kept him at arm's length, like he really didn't come to many appointments with me because I was trying to protect him from a lot of the bad news that I would get at appointments. And that's just, and kind of was my unhealthy way of dealing with it, of just like staying, keeping things to myself. Um, But I do know that he said that he had a little bit of a harder time than he had expected bonding with our daughter because it was almost like when I was pregnant we, we really kind of just like, didn't talk about it at all. We didn't talk about what it would be like. I mean, we didn't discuss names Mm -hmm. until like the week before she was born. So he struggled with that more than I did. Um, which I guess was eye opening for me as well too, to like realize that a part of, I mean, what I did during my pregnancy also affected him. And I think that that's something that I thought about a lot after my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. I think in hindsight, it's, in the moment, we can be so like just focused on getting through the day and, and and just getting through the moment. But I know at least personally in hindsight, it's uncomfortable sometimes to witness like how our symptoms have come out and negatively may have affected our our partner. Like I, I know there have been times when my anxiety totally got the best of me and it did my husband no favors. So, <laughs> right. um, so you mentioned at some point you know, a couple months in, you had went to go and see a therapist. So I'm curious mm-hmm. just what that experience was like for you, what you learned there and what you found to be helpful about that, if anything. So 
I think the most helpful thing like that happened almost immediately in therapy was my therapist normalizing for me like that I had been through a traumatic experience and that like what I was feeling was trauma where I've worked with clients who have experienced trauma before, but it was really, really hard for me to like label what I had been through as trauma because I, I guess like the feelings of feeling like she's here now, like you should be over this. It should be okay. Um, but my therapist really helped normalize that for me. Um, and also, you know, kind of told me like that it's okay to feel two emotions at one time, which I think rationally, I know that. And I knew that, but it's very hard to be rational in that moment of anxiety, especially when you're worrying about a newborn kind of adjusting to everything. So I think also like realizing when I went to my therapist that I probably hadn't dealt with like fully grieved and dealt with my miscarriage. And that was another thing that even my husband, you know, had expressed like, well, that shouldn't be an issue anymore because you have a baby now. And I think I maybe expected it to be that way. And it took a little while to realize that this, the entire process of like the miscarriage, getting pregnant again, a difficult pregnancy, that it was kind of all just wrapped up together in this one difficult experience that I had kind of like been through and dealt with, um, but hadn't maybe necessarily like given myself time to fully grieve or emotionally work through and just kind of had like bounced into a pregnancy and then just emotionally shut down in order to just kind of keep going. So my therapist really helped me work through some of those feelings and emotions, um, which I think really just helped probably with my mood too, in general, of just being able to work through some of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that there's something just so simple, but so meaningful and beneficial about just simple normalizing and validating and just knowing that you're not spinning out of control. Like these things happened to you and you are having a legitimate response. We can work through it to make it more functional, but this is the context of your experience. And I'm glad that you were with a therapist who was able to give you that. And it seemed like that was helpful. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned um, just with how traumatic this experience has all been for you and just difficult emotions in general that you're not even at the point right now where you feel like you can mentally be ready for another baby. So I'm curious where you're at right now with that, if you ever see yourself having another baby and just what feelings that whole concept evokes for you. Yeah. So I think like probably in the last month or so, I've gotten to a place where I'm more able to like even think about the possibility of trying to get pregnant again. Um, I have always like, gosh, since I could remember envisioned my life with two kids, I have one sibling and I like, I loved having a sibling growing up and I've always wanted my child to have a sibling. And I mean, you, I guess growing up, you never, I like, you don't really talk about like infertility or fertility issues or miscarriage or anything like that. So when that actually, and no one in my family has experienced that. So it was all like a very new thing to, to me. And I, I mean, I struggled with a lot of like feeling like it was unfair and that's a whole nother thing I've worked through in therapy. Um, but I actually started seeing a different therapist who specializes specifically in like pregnancy related trauma, um, and just pregnancy and like motherhood and stuff like that. Um, so we've been able to do sessions over the phone, which has been really helpful. We've been able to do that while my daughter naps. So I don't even have to leave the house. Um, but we have started talking about just like my feelings in general. Um, 
because there was a point like after I had my daughter, where I was like, no way I can never, I could never possibly put myself in this position again. Um, my doctors told me that what happened in my complications, they can't tell me that they won't happen again. They can't say for sure they will, but there's a high likelihood that the bleeding would happen again. Um, and we also, I mean, miscarriage is obviously something that happens to a lot of people and can happen again. So I felt like there's no way that I could mentally do that again. I definitely couldn't do bed rest with a toddler and I wouldn't want to take, you know, time away from my daughter, you know, possibly being on bed rest. And I also wouldn't want to mentally be in the place that I was in during pregnancy while having my daughter mm-hmm. here. Um, I think I feel though, like I won't feel like my family is complete unless I at least try. And I kind of know what that's like. I had kind of given myself a timeline and said, when my daughter turns two, we would start trying again, like a three-year age gap sounded good to me. But now the closer she gets to being two, the more anxiety provoking that is to think about. Um, I think my husband has been kind of adamant that he doesn't want another child just because of what we went through. Um, I think if I really set was adamant that I did want to try again, he would like oblige me, but I, it's a, it's a difficult thing. It's a day to day. There's some days where it's like, I'll see pictures of my daughter when she was a newborn or I'm packing away her clothes. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I missed that. I want that again. And then there are other days where I remember kind of what the newborn stage was like. And I'm reminded of what my pregnancy was like. And I'm like, no, you definitely don't want that again. Um, but I think, you know, with my therapist, we've been talking through, like just working through some of the trauma that I have and the feelings that I have. Um, and that's been difficult, but helpful. And I actually, um, what was really helpful was meeting with my OB who delivered my daughter. Um, and just, I saw her for the first time just like a month ago. And we kind of talked about like, if I was to try to get pregnant again, like what would the plan be? What are some things that we could do to kind of ease some of my anxieties? I think I'll be an anxious mess regardless, but just some things to be helpful. Um, and that actually was really, that brought me a lot of peace after talking with her. She had a really good plan. Um, and I felt like she really heard like my concerns and validated my feelings. And that was really healing for me in general, just in my, mm-hmm. even thinking about having, attempting to have another child. I definitely, I mean, I th- when she turns two, I think I'll probably have a, uh, thinking about it much more frequently, I think the timeline is probably going to be pushed back a little bit because I definitely do want to feel like I'm more mentally, it's really just meant being mentally ready to even like jump into all of that again. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, a lot of my friends have had kids back to back and that's just like, even if I hadn't had issues, that was never my plan. That just seems very overwhelming for me. So but now, like I said, the older my daughter gets, it's like, there's almost this pressure too from other people. Like, well, why wouldn't mm-hmm. you have another one? Are you going to have another one? And it's, that's something that I have definitely through this entire experience have learned that I feel like it's very critical and important to not like ask questions of other people of like, are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Are you going to have more kids? Even just meeting people that have been through, you know, miscarriage or fertility issues and things like that. It's just seems like that's a question that's asked a lot. And I just know that it has a lot of like underlying difficult feelings for a lot of people that I never would have even thought of before kind of going Mm -hmm. through all of this. 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I, before I was pregnant, I used to ask that just so casually and I never had a second thought about it. But after everything that I had been through too, it's like one, when I'm asked those questions, I have so many emotions. And then two, I, I can't even imagine, you know, asking those questions now. So I definitely think that's important just to be more sensitive to those situations because, there could be so many reasons why someone only has one or why someone has a seven year age gap in between children, you know? Right. So with all of that said, what do you wish you knew before either earlier in motherhood or maybe even before pregnancy that you know now? Um, I wish that I had known that it's okay to give yourself grace in being a mom in general. Um, I've always been a perfectionist. So and especially my anxiety kind of triggers that. But knowing that, I mean, you are not going to know how to do everything correctly. I mean, and but really, you're going to just learn along the way. Like, that's just how it goes. And everyone's mother mothering journey, I think, looks different. So it's been important for me to ask for help when I need it and knowing that it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help or support if you need it, whether it's a therapist or family or friends, whatever that is, because I think I always saw that before as being like a sign that you aren't a good mom if you need to ask for help or you need support. And now I know that that could not be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just asking for that help, it's maybe initially tricky and difficult and makes you feel inadequate or brings up other negative emotions. But I feel like it leads us to being better moms. We get that little break or whatever it is that we need. And we're able to kind of come back into the game with a clear head or more love. And so I would echo that completely, just being able to ask for help in any way that you need it and when you need it. So in the form of a therapist or from your partner or whomever, um, Definitely. what would you tell yourself back then if you could talk to that woman now? Um, I think I would like to give myself a little bit of a warning, just saying, you know, it's going to be really difficult, but you know, you're going to be able to get through it. And letting myself know that there are people or were people that I could lean on um, that would be really supportive and that I would build relationships that I never thought I would based on experiences. Um, But also just, I guess, saying it's going to be a journey, but it'll definitely all be worth it. I love that. What is important for other moms to know? Hmm. Let's see. I guess I would say... For me, I guess one of my hardest transitions was like my, how my relationship with my husband changed when we welcomed our daughter. Um, So I think I, I held on to a lot of resentment, like feeling like he wasn't doing what he needed to be doing or what I, I guess I, what I felt like he should be doing or needed to be doing. And instead of just like being open and honest with him about those things, I kind of just assumed that he should know those things and then would just things would build up and I would get more and more angry. Um, So we're working on that. And I think knowing that it's okay to resent your partner and you will, I I mean, I think most people, most new moms probably do at some point, Um, but knowing that it's okay to tell your partner kind of what you need or how they can help. And I know at least my husband really likes like direct instruction when it comes to our daughter of how he can help. So that's been a learning curve. Um, and also just, I mean, I know I am a therapist, so I'm a huge advocate for therapy, but therapy can be so helpful and it, Mm -hmm. you don't, 
I think a lot of times people think like there needs to be some huge catastrophic issue for you to talk to a therapist. And really it's just a, an extra support. And I think especially moms can use support in a lot of areas and it's great to have. Mm-hmm. And I would take that even a step further to say like, prepare, like prepare for the worst, right? Like when I started when I started needing a therapist, I needed to wait like six or seven weeks before I could get in somewhere. And when I was already at the point where I needed to talk to somebody, waiting another six or seven weeks just felt like a death trap. <laughs> like right. get on the waiting list now, like make the appointment now. If you don't feel like you need it, then cancel it. But at least like get in there and make the plan now, set yourself up for success so that you don't have all these excuses later because you will have excuses later. Like you don't have time to do it. You don't have this. You don't have that. You don't feel like making the call. So I also think that's just been a huge value to a lot of the moms that I've talked to as well, professionally and personally, just making sure that they get on the wait list as soon as they possibly can. Definitely. And I know at least for me, like as a stay at home mom, even if you feel like you have nothing to talk about, like I always find something to talk about. So I Mm -hmm. mean, even if you just go and you feel like there's nothing that's bothering you, just go and talk about the good things and it's still helpful. Yeah. Especially as a mom, it's good to just have that time for you. I, after having gone to a therapist myself, I thought of it like a mental chiropractor. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Like, or like a mental massage, like you go and it hurts a little bit and you walk out and you're just like, that was incredible. Like, I don't know what the heck just happened there, but I feel like everything is just kind of reorganized in a way that works now. And it's a really great experience. I know it's, there's a lot of stigma behind it. And I'm hoping that this podcast will try to break some of that for sure. Um, So last question, after everything that you've been through, why do you think it's so important to do and go through hard things? Um, I think that I look at myself and where I'm at now, and I'm definitely still growing every day in a lot of different areas, but I feel like the difficult experiences that I've been through have really shown me that I can go through really difficult things and that I can make it out on the other side. Um, and that, you know, in the end it's difficult things that I feel like have shaped my greater appreciation for being a parent and my daughter, um, and my marriage in general. Um, and just, I guess my understanding of, I know that there will likely be other difficult things that come up in my life and difficult, difficult, hard things to go through, but that I know that I can get through it as uncomfortable as it is in that moment. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and so much more. Also, be sure to check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh. And while you're here, tune in to some other episodes on the podcast while you're at it. And as always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other women and people in general who really need these resources and, and this information who otherwise may not get it. So with that said, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I absolutely love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.